What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Alpha and Omega Exponent, also known as AOE. We are your number one source and platform where we share story time content to add value to your life. My name is Parfait, and I am back with another story time for us, guys. So, but before we get started, can you believe it that it's already almost the end of April? Lots of things are happening in life. Lots of things are, are, are happening in the world. And I hope that we are all able to continue to move forward. We are, all, we are all able to continue to grow in all areas of life. So before we get started, just a brief recap of where we left off two episodes ago. We heard about the story when God was speaking to Abram and God was telling him all of these promises. And Abram was basically asking God, well, you're saying all of this stuff, but how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? God had promised Abram that he was going to give him a son through his wife, Sarai. But then Abram was like, well, we're very old. How are you going to do that? All of those things were happening. But then God made a covenant, basically a contract with Abram that he was going to fulfill his promise. So now today's story is an interesting one and you don't want to miss it. So without further ado, let's get started with today's story. <laughs> So we begin at the point when Abram heard from God. So Abram heard from God and Abram had a conversation with God and God had promised him that he was going to give him a son through his first wife, Sarai. But then 10 years went past and Sarai did not get pregnant and they were already very old. So we're talking over the age of 75 years old. So now Sarai was getting impatient. And as she was getting impatient with no children, she went to her husband, Abram, and she told Abram, she was like, listen, we're very old. I am very old. I am probably even incapable of bearing a child. So now hear me out. And this is what I think we should do. And she told her husband, Abram, she said, well, I can give you my servant, my Egyptian servant, Hagar, as a wife so that you can basically lay with her and then I can have a child through her. So now after Abram heard from his wife about her request for him to lay down with her servant so that she can have a child through her, Abram was like, oh, fine. And who could have thought that this idea was going to be something that could, that would come from the wife, right? Usually the pressure will come from, let's say, the husband, and then the wife will feel like, okay, this is something that we need to do. But Abram was just sitting and chilling, and his wife, Sarai, was the one who brought this idea. And this idea was basically, you know, in this modern age, we call it basically finding a surrogate mother to bear your children for you. And so now what Sarai had done, she took her Egyptian servant, Hagar, and she gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife. So now Abram now had two wives. He had his first wife, Sarai, and now Hagar, their servant, became his second wife. So now fast forward, Abram laid with his second wife, Hagar, and she became pregnant. Now after Hagar became pregnant, Hagar began to look at the first wife, Sarai, with contempt. 
And she was looking at her one eye like, hey, look at me. I'm pregnant. I can bear a child, but you cannot. And now Sarai got upset. And instead of getting upset at herself, she turned that anger and looked at her husband, Abram. And she was like, you see what you did to me? Everything that is happening to me is your fault. Now she turned and directed her frustration and anger to her husband, blaming him for everything that was happening. Of course, he was the man, he was the leader of the home, and he went and agreed with everything and all the decisions that were happening. So he also had the responsibility of all the situations and consequences that were taking place. So now to make things even more difficult, Sorai began to treat Hagar very, very harshly. She changed her treatment completely to her, keeping in mind that Hagar was still her servant, right? So even though she was Abram's second wife, she was still her servant. So Sarai began to treat Hagar very harshly and it was not good. It was so bad that Hagar decided to run away. So Hagar packed her things and she left. And after she left, she arrived to this place and then God had sent an angel to go speak with Hagar. And that angel came and that angel told Hagar and he said, look, you are pregnant. You need to go back to the house of Abram and Sarai. And God is also going to bless and multiply your offspring uh, from the child that you're bearing within you. So now Hagar took the courage and she went back in the house with Abram and Sarai. And then later on, she ended up conceiving a son. So now in this story, there are very two major lessons that I think are important for us to take away. And the first lesson is that when you forget the promises of God and when other people who are near you are doubtful of the promises of God, you will begin to listen and act out of desperation. As we heard in this story, it had been 10 years after Abram had heard from God, after God had given a promise to Abram. But then his wife, Sarai, out of desperation and out of doubt, she came up with her own plan. And let me tell you that her plan was not a good plan. She did not think of the outcome. She did not anticipate what problem was associated with that plan. And she just went for it and spoke to her husband about that plan. And the husband, Abram at that moment, did not even also think through the plan. He just went with it. So now this plan, it was a plan that was rooted out of desperation. That desperation in turn came back and brought more frustration. Which this leads us to the second lesson of the story that I think we all need to take away, which is that instead of rushing the process, trust the process. Let me repeat that one more time for the people in the back. Instead of rushing the process, trust in the process. And not just any process, but trust in the process of God. As we heard in this story, Sarai and Abram, instead of trusting in the process and the time of God, they decided to rush the process by coming up with their own plan. But mind you, you know, this was not the plan that Abram had put together. This was the plan that his wife Sarai put together. But him being the man, he also agreed with his plan. So 
he agreed with this part of rushing the process. And because they had forgotten the promises of God, they fell into this trap of rushing the process. And when you rush the process, what comes out of that? Only God knows, right? But also it is guaranteed that when you rush the process, you will experience more frustration and more problems that you were going to not face if you were simply just were to trust in the process and in the time that God has set. When Sarai decided to give her servant to her husband as a wife, that started a new element of frustration. Now she became frustrated and also he added another variable into the family that was not part of God's plans. So now, when we rush the process, we start to act away from God's plan and God's purpose. But God, as being powerful as he is, he always knows how to resolve our problems and he always knows how to resolve our moments of frustration. But if we want to do well, we need to be able to be people who trust the process of God and not fall into the trap of rushing the process of God. And now, even when we look at it in our modern age, right? As young people, there are lots of time that in different situations where we become very, very impatient. And when you become very impatient, what happens is you go out of your own ways to rush the process. One example of this is what the Bible says about sex before marriage, right? And this is what the Bible says. It says that, Sex is reserved within the covenant of marriage. So what that means is that you need to wait until you are married in order to have sex. However, that's usually not the case, right? Our young generation, it is full of people who love to rush the process anytime they can do it. And what that looks like is you have hookup culture, you have all these things that are happening before even arriving to the point of marriage. And so by the time they arrive to that point, they're carrying with them experiences that they're not supposed to carry, frustrations that they're not supposed to carry that will enter with them into that covenant and create more problems that they are not anticipating. And this is not just something that is a problem with our generation, right? This was a problem already before us. It was a problem that has been here since the creation of the universe. So as human beings, when we have the power to rush the process, most people will push the button that will rush the process instead of trusting in the process of God. And when you really think about it, when you rush the process, it is a selfish act because you want something but instead of trusting in the architect, instead of trusting in God who's the master planner because he knows how everything is connected, you forget about that part of the story. You just want what you want now. And so you go about your own way to rush the process. And that makes you kind of selfish because by you rushing the process, now you destabilize how everything is connected within God's plan and you just focus on your own selfish desires. But you also need to know that by rushing the process, there are consequences that will come after that. And what are the consequences? Now we end up with broken homes. We end up with a bunch of traumas. We end up with broken people. And we end up with broken communities. 
and more frustration after frustration after frustration. And we also even end up with experiences that we don't need to have. Listen, not every experience that you pick up along the way in your life is a good experience. So if you can avoid experiencing something bad by learning from others' mistake and by trusting in the process of God, then do it instead of putting yourself in a frustrating scenario to pick up bad experiences. And how do most people end up picking up unnecessary bad experiences? They do that by putting themselves in situations where they end up rushing their own process for their own selfish desire instead of trusting in the process of God. As young men, there are some bad experiences that we carry with us that are fully a result of our own selfish desires where at one point we decided to make a decision to rush our own process. When you pick up those bad experiences, those bad experiences are going to contaminate your view of the world, your view of things. And now, instead of you living a happy and joyful life, you end up in a perpetual journey of comparing and contrasting everything that you see based on the bad experiences that you've picked up, which were a result of your own selfish actions for rushing into the process in every situation where you find yourself in. And if you have gone through some really, really bad and sick experiences that just destroys your mind, your way of thinking, even when you have something good in front of you, you will not be able to see it or you will not be able to recognize or to value it because, because you will be looking at those good things from the lens of frustration, from the lens of comparing and contrasting instead of actually appreciating and being grateful for those good things. And when you really think about it, how do we end up rushing the process? We usually do that when we forget about God and when we forget about His promises for us. And furthermore, we also, at that moment, begin to listen to the wrong people. Instead of listening to God, we tend to hear people who will push us into rushing into the process. So the environment becomes important at this stage. Similar to this situation, Abram and Sarai, they had forgotten what God had spoken to them about the promises that God had given to them. And even if they knew those promises, regardless of that, they decided to come up with their own plan that was going to rush the process of getting a child. As people, especially when we feel like we are beginning to run out of time, we put ourselves in situations where we choose to rush the process instead of waiting and trusting in the process of God. By trusting in God's process and by trusting in God's timing and planning, then we put ourselves in alignment with our purpose. But when we decide to rush into our own process because of our own selfish desire, we put ourselves in situation where we begin to deviate from our purpose. So if you want to avoid introducing more frustrations into your life, make sure that you trust the process of God. But also let me make the point that just because you trust in the process of God, it does not mean that you will not go through difficult situations. 
Actually, that's the opposite. When you trust in the process of God, it's going to be challenging and it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worthy. And the outcome of that is going to be something that is good, something that will bring you into fulfillment of your desires and your purpose. And this is not easy to do, right? We, we can talk about it. We can say all these things. It's not something that just happened by a snap of a finger. It is a whole journey. It's every day that we must try. It's every day with the very little things that we need to trust the process of God. So when we trust the process of God with the little things, then we'll be able to also trust the process of God with the big things. But when we decide to rush that process, here comes frustration, here comes trauma, here comes problems that we are not ready to bear. And the consequences of that may just be too big for us to handle. And it will require God to make another big intervention to resolve our frustration. So now after God makes his divine intervention to fix our own frustrations because of our own selfish actions by rushing into our own processes, we need to know that we will need to also make tremendous effort on our part as humans in order to overcome the issues and the past and the traumas that we have experienced so that we can become better people. So that is all for today. I hope that this story added value to your life. Make sure that you share this with friends and family to also add value to their life. And make sure you trust the process of God instead of rushing your own process. So that is all. My name is Parfait and I will catch you in the next story time.